Hey, 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 welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. Once again, it is June 1st, 2023, 1.22 in the afternoon. We are now in 1 Corinthians 6, reading out the Amplified Version. Lawsuits discouraged. Does any one of you, when he has a complaint, civil dispute with another believer, dare to go to law before unrighteous men, non-believers, instead of placing the issue before the saints, God's people? Do you not know that the saints, God's people, will one day judge the world? If the world is to be judged by you, are you not competent to to try trivial, insignificant, petty cases? Do you, not know, do you not know that we believers will judge angels? How much more then as to matters of this life? Verse 4, so if you have lawsuits dealing with matters of this life, are you appointing those as judges to hear disputes who are of no account in the church? I say this to your shame. Can it be that there is not one wise man among you who is governed by integrity and will be able and competent to decide private disputes between his fellow believers? But instead, brother, go but instead, brother goes to law against brother that before judges who are unbelievers. Verse 7, why the very fact that you have lawsuits with one another is already a defeat. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be defrauded? On the contrary, it is you who wrong and defraud, and you, you do this even to your brothers and sisters. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor perversely effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, though whose words are used as weapons to abuse, insult, humiliate, intimidate, or slander, nor swindlers will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. And such were some of you before you believed. But you were washed by the atoning sacrifice of Christ. You were sanctified, set apart for God, and made holy. You were justified, declared free of guilt in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit of our God and the source of the believer's new life and changed behavior. See, now this is the hard thing because there are lots of Christians who are believers, right? And have done a lot of these things have you know backslid and are currently doing a lot of these things right on this list and then there's like some very deep theological stuff on this which i i don't know some of that stuff i really don't want to read because it kind of creeps me out there's like these people that have all kind of like know, they'll go into talking about levels of heaven and levels of hell and levels of this and that and God will judge people perfectly 
Yeah, this stuff goes pretty deep. Um, but I like this part. This is a line that I like to stand on where he says, And such were some of you before you believed, but you were washed by the atoning sacrifice of Christ. You were sanctified, set apart for God, and made holy. You were justified, declared free of guilt. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit of our God, the source of the believer's new life and changed behavior. Y'all never forget sitting in this guy, Daniel's truck. And um, yeah, we just had a real conversation just about my addiction to pornography at the time. And he laid it out pretty plainly for me in a way I never understood or heard before. He said there's salvation and there's sanctification, and there's glorification. So you're saved, you know, you give your life to Christ, you believe in Jesus Christ, that he's washed away all your sins, past, present, and the future. He went down on the cross. Once again, as Paul said, that doesn't give us licenses to do whatever we want, but when we do sin, we have an advocate, Jesus Christ. Um, that we can plead the blood of Jesus. That's our defense, right? Even though the accuser comes along, constantly throws in our face all the things we've done in the past, all the things we're currently doing. Uh, I know some of us, I know myself, I struggle with sometimes anxiety. Like, God, I don't want to disappoint you again. I don't want to screw up again. Or, or just memories of my past sins sometimes that pop up. Or old soul ties, like people that I've, you know, had sex with in the past. Or, yeah, it's like, that was in your face. And, um, anyway, then yes, there's salvation. Then there's sanctification where we become more and more like Christ, where it's not easy for us to sin. Things that came easily for us, like to just blatantly curse and lie and steal and cheat and fornicate. Now it's not as easy to do those things. You think, more than twice about doing those even if you do them there's a conviction that overcomes you right and then one day there's our glorification where we'll have a new body and we we'll no longer have to wrestle with sin anymore the body is the lord's verse 12 everything that is permissible for me but not all things are beneficial Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything and brought under its power, allowing it to control me. So when I read that, because I've heard people say, well, what's a sin for me might not be a sin for you. And at the end of the day, what I've learned this my personal experience is like, God is very patient and he knows that there's some things that are hard for us to shake, like, immediately. Um, like, some people have smoking addictions or drinking addictions. And I've heard testimonies of different pastors. It took them a while to just go cold turkey. Um, everybody's different. Um, But as you grow closer and closer to the Lord, there's just certain things to where, yeah, you'll, the conviction of the Holy Spirit will just 
and you'll get new eyes to see and be like, why am I addicted to this? Like, why do I keep going to this? Even something this, something like coffee. It's like one of the number one drugs in the United States right now. And, um, you name it, fill in the blank. You can become addicted to just about anything. You can, yeah, just about anything, you can become under its power. Um, It's between you and the Lord. Allow the Holy Spirit, he will reveal. Some things are just clear. Like, hey, Christians shouldn't do that. Like, I don't need, but there's some areas where it's like a little bit of gray area. At the end of the day, I like what he said, though. Like, am I, ask her, the question is, am I a slave to this thing? Am I a slave? Can I function a week? That's why fasting is good to do, at least at least a few times throughout the year. Because um, it really tests like, hmm, can I, am I a slave to this thing? Am I addicted to this thing? Can I put this down for even a day? Um, all right, verse 13. Food is for the stomach. And this this is where, yeah, they can get one thing and get a little tricky because this can all turn into legalism really fast. Food is the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will do away with both of them. The body is not intended for sexual immorality. All right, when it says God will do away with both of them, are we not going to have stomachs in heaven? Are we going to poop in heaven? I imagine we won't. <laughs> Everything will just be like, uh, I think I've said this before, but babies, when they drink breast milk, like they don't really poop a lot especially if their mom is eating good food with lots of nutrients because, yeah, their body doesn't really produce a lot of, like, hardly any waste. The you know, form of the babies, they be having big nasty poops because it's a ton of waste of the, yeah, and there's not as many nutrients as breast milk. Not to knock if your baby's on a formula, but, yeah, your body, yeah, apparently, yeah. And I'm no doctor, no scientist. I just remember just going through this with our kids when they were on breast milk versus some of them, yeah, when they started taking formula. Aiden had to be on formula for a while. He didn't really have to be on it. We just did it. We found out later if, if my former wife would have just changed her diet, that he could she could have, he could have kept staying on breast milk. It was the things that she was eating that was irritating his stomach. So, yeah, we know put him on, like, Nutrimogen or something like that, yeah is yeah for lactose intolerance some expensive formula too thank goodness thank god for wick at that time food is for the stomach and the stomach for food but god will do away with them both y'all can go look up some commentary to see if and what people have to say will we have stomachs in heaven well yeah <laughs> i imagine we'll still eat it's like organic delicious food the body is not intended for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord is for the body to save, sanctify, and raise it again because of the sacrifice of the cross. To save, sanctify, and raise it. That's exactly what I just said. Save, salvation, sanctification, and then glorification. That's the process of the Christian life. If there is no conviction over sin... 
if you don't feel like you're being sanctified daily, then you might want to question if the salvation part in the beginning. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm just talking about like if you if sin does not sit like it bothers you, especially over your own sin and the sin of others, but especially your own sin. Like it's it's a struggle for you to go to play in the same places you used to go. We used to hang out and hang out with the same people you used to hang out with. Um, that's another thing, misnomer. Some people say, oh, well, Jesus hung around with sinners. It's like, no, sinners hung around with Jesus. And when they hung around him, they either became more like him or they completely like ran in the opposite direction. They didn't want to have anything to do with him or they were constantly attacking him, criticizing him. Anyway, that's a conversation for another day. All right, verse 14. Just cue the Jesus, friend of sinners song. <laughs> Jesus, friend of sinners. All right, verse 14. And God has not only raised the Lord to life, but will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Am I therefore to take the members of Christ and make them part of a prostitute? Certainly not. Do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? For he says, the two shall be one flesh. So yeah, like basically, like that scripture in John 5, John 4, woman at the well. When it says, when he said to the woman, the Samaritan woman, that she had like five husbands. Apparently, yeah, she hadn't actually, she wasn't actually married to those men. At least that's what the speculation is. Y'all can go read commentary on that. Uh, yeah. And forgive me, I could be wrong what I'm saying. Y'all go fact checking on your own. But yeah, in Bible times, especially in the Old Testament, whenever you slept with a woman and you broke her hymen, y'all had intercourse, yeah, y'all, you were married to that woman. So in my case, I've already had, yeah, multiple wives. Um, one just my former wife, even though I'm legal paper. Um, and that's kind of a hard, yeah. Legal, legally, according to the state of Missouri, I was only married to one woman. But in God's eyes, I've been married to more than one woman that I've had, that I slept with. So I had sex intercourse with. And so... Um, Yeah, it's like, yeah, when you when you have sex with somebody, that's your wife. Again, the God, eyes of God, just like hey, God takes it to a whole another level. Um, just like the whole example, yeah, when if you when Jesus said, even if you were to lust after a woman, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. Just the thought. It's interesting because there's that movie. Uh, what is the name of that movie, y'all? Wow, we already have 15 minutes. Um, that's my voice feel extra deep today. Like Barry White. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it's called Minority Report. And this thing, yeah, like, and I think it was in 1984, like, Think Crime. Especially in Minority Report, they had, they could have, they had these cog, cognitions, whatever, they could determine if you committed a crime before you actually committed, you get arrested for a crime before you actually committed the crime. And according to God, it's, yeah, like, if you have hatred in your heart, you hate your brother, like, you are, it's like you've already murdered them. We even have laws in the books called, yeah, premeditated murder. If they determine... There's like heat of passion crime. Like if you like if you were to catch your spouse having an affair with another man, like in bed with another man, and you were to murder him like right there on the spot, they consider that heat of passion crime versus premeditated murder is like if you you knew your wife was having an affair and you were stalking her or whatever and yeah. I say wife. It could go both ways because women have done this too. Yeah, you know your spouse. I'll just say spouse is having an affair. And then you plot to take them out at a later date. Remember studying all this stuff in the criminal law. But like God takes always a step further. Like you like you've already committed that crime in your heart and your yeah. Anyway, it's, it's some powerful stuff when you think about it. God's standards are always way higher and then so like this when you want to basically what I'm trying to say is humans we love to we love to overestimate our righteousness our think of ourselves as like self-righteous in our own eyes and underestimate our sin and we have no idea <laughs> Stand before a holy God. That's why you need, we all need Jesus because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The, even the most righteous man in the world, Billy Graham, who if there were levels to heaven, like he'd be at the top level. He should have like a front row seat, you know, um, at the Christian graduation ceremony. I don't know what this is going to look like at the judgment seat of Christ and when we judge angels and judge folks or whatever how that works um like people say don't judge god says the bible says don't judge I'm like uh no the bible says we're actually going to judge angels <laughs> uh, there will be a final judgment and uh yeah either you anyway that's a whole another discussion for another day yeah it's just like we make judgments every day. Like if you were to commit a sin, uh, uh, if you were to commit a crime right now, you will stand before a judge. So it's like judgments are actually being made every day. The question is, do you want to experience the grace and freedom that comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ to where, you know, you're free of that condemnation and that, um, You'll be judged according to a different standard. Yeah, that's everybody's going to be judged. All of us are going to be judged. The question is, which standard do you want to be judged by? Do you want to be judged by your works? Are you going to be uh, the law? Or do you want to be judged by grace through Jesus Christ? The atoning blood of the one, the one sacrifice. That's the question. Anyway. 
Verse 17, but the one who is united and joined to the Lord is one in spirit with him. The one who is united and joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Run away from sexual immorality in any form, whether thoughts or behavior, whether visual or written. See, I like this. This is a good translation to read. Um, and I love how Amplified, once again, they, they expound on the different words. Um, it would have helped me a lot to read these versions of the Bible, this version of the Bible, like when I was a kid. Because <clears throat> this, yeah, we love, as Christians especially, uh, we love to make loopholes. Like I've heard different pastors give their testimony about when they were dating their girlfriend and they did everything but actually have sex. Like, all right, um, is yeah, can we have phone sex over the phone? Can I look at new pictures of you? Or they'd be like, oh, can we make out? And can I um, touch you, yeah, your private parts? Yeah, or do oral? Or yeah, I'm just being raw and honest with y'all about this stuff. Um, these are the loopholes that we try to create in our minds. It's okay to do, yeah. I've been there yeah, the last, in the last real couple of relationships I've been in, I like did everything like the toe the line. Just towing that line, boy. As, yeah, what's that song by Johnny Cash? Because you're mine. I walk the line. It's walking that line, boy. Yeah, like between, yeah. Everything but actually having intercourse. And uh, here we go. Verse 18, run away. Flee. I love the translation say flee from sexual immorality in any form, whether thought or behavior, whether visual or written. It should also say auditory because there was times where, yeah, I guess thought would go in there. There's times where I would like listen to, I'm just going once again, somebody that's going to help somebody because I'm just going, yeah. Uh, there was times I would listen to audio porn, people having sex on, I found these different websites and would listen to it and be like, oh, God, you know, masturbate and think, like, oh, God doesn't, you know, he understands. He knows my heart. It's like, at least it's better than me actually sleeping with another woman this time my wife is like nah actually you listening to that audio porn of other people having sex he's like he might as well be in bed with those people and some people they like oh you're such a prude you're so you're you're legalistic yeah the world because the world is like explore your body you know love yourself that's part of self-care and self-love that they try to promote masturbation it's like, no, that's, masturbation is a slippery slope that leads to all other kinds of sins. Masturbation, actually, in pornography might actually, I think, especially for men, is probably one of the most dangerous sins out there because it's like kind of a gateway drug to all other sins, at least in my experience. Because, like, I was looking at, like, for example, I was looking at this article, right, and it was talking about... Things that they, it was these couples, these women, they were talking about things that they didn't know about their spouse until they, some things they regretted or red flags they didn't catch till later on in their relationship or something like that. 
And they were just talking about a lot of the the main theme of the article was just saying how a lot of the guy guys that they dated or were married to were li- like habitual liars, and it, like and like lying about small stuff. And I was like, whoa, that was triggering because it's like that's something I got accused of a lot in my marriage uh, form. And and um, the thing about it is. One, a lot of TV shows do this a lot. Have you ever seen like a TV show where they're like, a dad will be doing something, he's like, hey, don't tell your mom this. Or uh, they, they promote in a lot of TV shows or sitcoms where the dad like hides things from his spouse. And so does sometimes the wife. They promote this stuff in TV shows. It's kind of like a normal thing. Or they call it white lies, little white lies. Like, oh, it doesn't really hurt anybody. It's like, no, there's no such thing. I don't wonder why they call it a white lie. <laughs> anyway, um, I think there's a whole TV show called Little White Lies, but Little White Liars, I've never seen it. But anyway, there's no such thing as a white lie. There's a, it's either a lie or it's not a lie. It's either the truth or it's a lie, right? There's no in-between. There's no gray area when it comes to lying dishonesty right and so um where is i gonna go with that um i have something i was going to say yes um Darn it, that's something I was going to say to y'all. Yes, in my experience, yes, especially with pornography, early on in my marriage, right? Young married man, newlywed, I'll never forget, like, being, there'd be times where my former wife would go to bed, and that's where it would start. I would go out to the living room and just be like, oh, I can't sleep. I'm like, I'm going to go do some homework or it might have started out. Yeah, because I was like a junior and I was I was a sophomore in college when we got married. But I remember, yeah, being at Bradley specifically my junior year and we were newlyweds, had our own, we had gotten our own apartment. Was Leah born yet? I think she might have been born. Or at times we even like Katie. I just call her Katie for the sake of privacy. When I'm referring to my former wife, I probably stopped calling her that too because that kind of has like a. Uh, what should I call her? Miss <laughs> Jones. Cause that was yeah, that was her former uh, maiden name. So, yeah. All right, Miss Jones. Right. Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones. <laughs> anyway, we had a thing going on back in the day. So me and Ms. Jones, there'll be times, yeah, while she's pregnant. And I use that as an excuse to be like, oh well, it's kinda awkward to be an intimate with her. And yeah. It's funny because by the fourth child, like I did not care about you stopped caring about that kind of stuff. Early on, when you're young twenties, you're like, "Yeah, it's nasty. That's girls. I ain't doing that while she's pregnant." 
And then by fourth child, it's like, ah, what the heck? I don't care. Anyway, um, yeah, you married people, y'all know, or people that have been married, you know, you know what I'm talking about. So anyway, you knew the people that haven't had kids yet, or anyway, you're like, what is he talking about? Anyway, you'll see what I'm talking about later on. So anyway, yeah, you had, I would have an excuse, like, ah, or those times of the month, those cycle times, like, ah, nah, and in your young 20s, you are just a walking, a lot of boys, guys are just walking horn dogs, I'm like, God, why'd you make us this way, but, um, just super, you're just horny all the time when you're in 20s, and, uh, self-control is not easy, um, especially in my teen years, and so, and we live in a very pornographic world right now where it's, it's so easily accessible. It's everywhere. So it's like, yeah, you make the excuses. You go, I'm going to go to the living room. And it was always like kind of tied to each other, like video games, sweets, and pornography. I used to notice that pattern. Because after masturbation, I always want to eat like some kind of candy. And all it all roots in this like lust and just like greed. And yeah, so... Anyway, where's it going with that? Yes. So as time went on, Miss Jones, Miss Jones would go on to like, she can do something was up and it bothered her. She would either come out to the living room to catch me and I'll like try to hide real quick and try to act like nothing's going on, like hide under the blanket. Um, And she would eventually start to voice her frustrations over my porn, me, my porn watching and look at masturbation. Like, why, like, why am, like, why am I not enough? And, um, it would grieve her. And that's why, like, marriage is, like, a really good reflection of, like, our relationship with God. Because it's like, God, I can imagine God at times, the Holy Spirit, and, like, we grieve the Holy Spirit when we go to these other things, these false comforts, these false wells that can't satisfy us. And they may temporarily satisfy us, but they don't fully satisfy us, right? And so, anyway, it would hurt her a lot, and it just kept getting worse and worse as I married. I will, you know, I'm not going to go that deep into it, um, but like, yeah. Lies, yes, because eventually it will turn into like, yeah, I will hide it. And then when you start hiding one thing area of your life, it's easy to hide other things like these financial decisions I would make um, with credit cards and spending of money. And and it's just a snowball effect of like once you lie in one area, you start lying in all other areas. And I know some guys, yeah, they talked about, yeah, one of their porn addictions, it snowballs into, like, probably, like, going to, like, they would just go out for the thrill of it and try to go find a prostitute, or they'll go to strip clubs, or um, go on chat rooms and start having these emotional affairs with, um, you know, that's what I eventually did. I, there was a young lady who I started talking to on, um, through this web, this app called Live Me, and you don't think, even though I never actually met up with that young lady, um, 
people I met on Live Me, just you, it was in the, in, and then you can call it emotional affair, or physical affair. It's all the same. It's just as bad. Emotional affair probably is worse than the physical affair. It's all yeah. In the eyes of God, it's all bad. It's all the same. And so, yeah, sexual sin is like a gateway drug. Just like people with this whole marijuana and cigarettes. Those things are actually gateways to harder drugs. Because then when you start trying them drugs, you go, oh, why not try this and try that? People think, oh, what's the big deal about marijuana? It's like a lot of people I know who've taken marijuana, smoke marijuana, they've done a bunch of other drugs too. They've at least tried ecstasy or they've tried, because it's like, that's the thing. You're trying to escape and trying to get a high. And... Cigarettes, alcohol, marijuana, it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, are you, like, what? You have to ask yourself, with all these things, with all these these substances, all of them, even I, even when, even with coffee, some of y'all don't get mad at me for saying that, is why can't I function without these things? And... What am I trying to escape from? Or with coffee, you might be needing, needing to actually sleep. What? It, why is my life in such a way to where I'm not getting sleep at night? Or when I'm sleeping, I'm not getting rest. Um. Anyway, lying. That's my main point I was trying to say. These, especially sexual sin, is like a gateway to lying and all other types of sin. That's why in the, I feel like in the Bible it takes it so seriously. It's why he, he stresses it, like flee from sexual immorality. Look at and it separates you from like even though you might you have even though you do have a relationship with God, like David had a relationship with God, but his his life was never the same after he slept with Bathsheba. God still used that whole situation and protected David, and David drew closer to God through all that. Um, Solomon came out of that relationship. With, yeah, it was Solomon. Yeah, his mom was Bathsheba. Yeah, some good things did come out of that whole whole situation. But look at it. Yeah. He had to have one of his best friend soldiers killed in Uriah, right? A lot of crazy stuff happened. Yeah, he had to cut and and he had to he covered try to cover it up. And look at all the examples in the Bible of sex. Even going back to Judah, I mean Genesis thirty eight with the whole story of Judah and the whole like Onan spilling his seed on the ground, all that kind of stuff. Like sexual sin always. Look at, yeah, what is the other example? Samson. All those examples, like all, a lot of the major child, like problems in the Bible all started with sexual sin. Or like the root of it all is lust. Lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Like look at, yeah, even Adam and Eve. Well, what's the problem? Lust. Eve was lusting after the fruit. Lesson after desiring what desiring God set a boundary, he said, 
eat all the other fruit, anything else in this garden, but you can't eat this one out of this one tree. God set a boundary. That's what the root of it all is. Like God sets these boundaries. And then we step outside of that boundary. There's problems, there's consequences and repercussions. Anyway, I think I've beaten this horse enough. All right. Do not, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, whom you have received as a gift from God and that you are not your own property? You were bought with a price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own. So then honor and glorify God with your body. That's something I quote often. Like I'm involved with the price. I'm the mind of, the, of Christ. I'm involved with the price. So yeah. Lord, I just thank you for this word. Um, it's very convicting and challenging reading scriptures like this, Lord. And I just thank you for the Holy Spirit that is sanctifying us, making us more and more like you every day. Help us, Lord, to always remember that we've been united with you, Lord, when we gave our life, lives to you. Help us to flee or run away from sexual immorality in any form, whether in thought or behavior or visual or written or auditory. Lord, help us remember that every other sin that we commit is outside of our bodies and that sexual immoral, immoral sin, sexual sin is committed against our own bodies. Help us to really, really come to grips with that, to terms of that, to understand the depth of, of that sentence. Help us to remember that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, as some folks like to say, um, who is within us, whom we received as a free gift from God, from you, God, and that we are not our own, that we belong to you. We are bond servants of you. Help us to remember that we've been bought with a price that we've been purchased by the precious blood of Jesus and made your own, Lord. And in and, and knowing all this, Lord, in light of all this, help us to honor you and glorify you with our, with our bodies, Lord, with our words, with our deeds, with our actions, and everything that we do, everywhere that we go. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God 
and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen.